Good evening, everyone. It's Kyle Cruz here for the KC at the Movies podcast. Um, just doing a, I just thought, it, just thought I'd do it at the last minute. It's a uh, special episode of the Halfer. Um, I haven't done a Halfer in weeks, and um, wanted to do something special for this one now that March is nearly over. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been doing some. I've been doing the weekly podcasts, and uh, I haven't uploaded uh, last week's yet. But hopefully, but by the time this one out is out, last week's podcast about Tomb Raider will be out, and um, this week's podcast is going to be about analysing Annihilation, and that'll be out probably on the weekend. To considering how busy I am this week, it'll probably be out on the weekend. But I just thought I'd do something um, special tonight. Uh, for this half um, now March is uh, nearly over and if you're wondering why I'm fucking speaking like I'm gonna kill someone um, I'm just fucking exhausted I'm exhausted but uh, I thought I'd still do this and to just keep it keep it at low key um, so yeah March is nearly over as I said uh, I've been saying twice and I've been doing these brackets um, so the first bracket I did was, I saw it on some, somewhere on YouTube, um, I saw somebody do a Kanye West bracket, and the bracket is that, it's the March Madness basketball brackets that you do over in America, but, uh, these rapper brackets have been going around, and, uh, I recently did a Kanye West bracket, and a Kendrick Lamar bracket, um, on my Instagram. So I just, I thought for, um, tonight's half a podcast... I do a live bracket for you guys. Um, now you can't really see it, but I think it's good you can't really see because it it's not that good looking anyway. So it's just going to be audio only, me doing this bracket, um, and it usually takes me about half an hour um, to forty-five minutes doing these brackets. Um, but this one seems to be pretty simple and straightforward. Um, the Kendrick Lamar bracket and the Kanye West bracket are very that was very difficult because those are songs you need to listen to those songs to you know um, really uh, pay attention and figure out which ones you like but uh, these are just films and I just remember that um, I just I can just remember these films and um, know if they're good or not <coughs> so my friend reached out to me today through Instagram and uh, he sent me that uh, this bracket that A24 had put out and uh, there was a couple of films on there, but it wasn't all of A24's filmography. So um, I, I looked around elsewhere and found a much better one, uh, that, which has pretty much every single A24 movie on there. Every single A24 film on there. And I'm going to do the A24 March Madness bracket um, tonight. Uh, so there's not much... There's a lot of films here to do. But it's not going to be crazy. It's not going to be as lengthy as a Kanye West bracket or a Kendrick Lamar bracket. And I'm probably going to do a Brockhampton bracket as well. For the last March bracket, I'm probably going to do a Brockhampton bracket. And that'll be on my Instagram again. So you can go um, Kyle Cruz on Instagram. And uh, it'll be on my story. It's a long story though, the brackets. So you can skip them or you can be a part of them if you want to. But tonight we're just going to sit here and do a uh, 
a A24 bracket. So we've got our four regions, um, not, not, uh, they're not named, but I can tell when they end and when they begin. Um, there's a lot of films here, great films, great films. I love A24 filmography. I think they make some of the most unique films, and they and they. One thing I really love about A24 is they support independent filmmakers and independent cinema. And some of these films have been some of the best films I've seen um, in recent years. And A24 is just fucking killing it at the moment. Um, I just saw the trailer for recently, uh, the um, Under the Silver Lake, I think it's called, uh, with Andrew Garfield. And that looked really interesting too. And I was like, they're still fucking doing it. They're still going. So... I'm going to start with uh, the bracket, and so the way I do these ones is uh, in paint, and uh, what I do is I just, um, once I make up my mind about what the answer should be, or who should win this particular match, I copy and paste the title and put it over. Um, I know the people that I've seen on YouTube do it, uh, they set up slideshows, and they do it like that. But since this is a live thing, um, or we're doing it on the go here, I'm just going to do it through how I normally did it. Um, and I, I showed it through pictures, but um, obviously this is just audio only, so I don't care about really showing anything. Okay, so we're signing off here. Um, first off, we've got Ladybird versus Morris of America. Um... I loved Morris America. I thought it was a really good movie, um, especially with Craig Robinson. I thought it was a fantastic performance from Craig Robinson. But Lady Bird was one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites early from this year. It was a damn big favorite from last year. Um, with Greta Gerwig being nominated for Oscars and everything. So, um, I'm probably going to go Lady Bird for this one. Um, so what I'll do is on this one and then I'm going to choose Ladybird and then what I normally do is I copy and I paste and I take that over and I put that in the uh, victory slot here so Ladybird wins the first match against Morrison America so second off we have 20th Century Women against Swiss Army Man now I'm probably just going to go Swiss Army Man because I just think it's a better film um, as much as I I I enjoyed it. I didn't like twenty twenty. I didn't like love twentieth century women, but I enjoyed it, and um, I thought it was a great performance from Annette Bening. But uh, first time I mean, it was such a fucking unique film. So um, I'm going with that one. It's a fighting corpse, but it's a, a very a very unique film, and they went with it. The uh, I, I believe it was the Joshuas that did it. Um, they they went with it. They really went with it. And it turned out to be a very, very unique film, but uh, unforgettable, really, just because of what was in it. Um, coming into our second last match here, we have It Comes at Night <coughs> and Obvious Child. Um, Obvious Child being the big movie, um, it was a good starring role for um, Johnny Slate uh, about her being the stand up comedian and her. Um, getting pregnant and it comes at night being the slow burn horror from Trey Edward Schultz um, 
I really enjoyed It Comes at Night. Uh, I thought the nightmare sequences are a bit overdone, but it's definitely better than Obvious Child. As much as I love Obvious Child and its great sequences with Jenny Slate, she's such a likable person. Um, and she was... She was great in that movie, but It Comes at Night I thought was just very different. Um, great cinematography, and it becomes... Um, its meaning really becomes something else rather than what you're seeing on screen. So, um, I went with It Comes at Night over Obvious Child. Well, if you haven't seen Obvious Child, I do recommend you give it a watch because I think it's a great... Um, I think it's a good, it's a good fun movie to watch. It's also, it's pretty, it's like a dramedy, like uh, The Big Sick. But uh, The Big Sick, I think, is a better film all in all. Um, Amy and Good Time is the last match here in, in this first region. And I'm going to go Good Time because I really fucking enjoyed Good Time. And if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that I put Good Time in my alternate Oscars because I just think it's a fucking fantastic movie. The Safdie brothers worked their asses off on this one. Ben Safdie in particular. Um, he really fucking puts an effort in uh, playing uh, the one of the brothers Robert Pattons I think it's Robert Pattons' best performance in his whole career I think it's his performance of his career the score is also so adrenaline pumping and kinetic it's fantastic the cinematography close-ups it'll never let and it never lets you go the momentum is there for the whole film and you're there for the whole ride it's beautiful uh, even a, even Jennifer Jason Lee been in a minor role. Um, enjoyed her. That's a plane going over. <laughs> Loud one at that. So yeah, good time is there. Um, okay. So the first region is done. So we have Lady Bird going off against Swiss Army Man. And I'm going to go Lady Bird over Swiss Army Man. And again, I don't really care. I'm doing how bad this looks because... Can't see what I'm doing. So, um, and it comes at night with good time. I'm going to go with good time if ever it comes at night. This is a going to be a hard one because this is good time going up against Ladybird. Jeez, um. <laughs> oh, Ladybird is such a. It's great. It's such a good movie. So it's a good time, though. Good time is fantastic. Okay. Got to choose one. Really got to choose one. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Ladybird. Um, just just of how, based on how it made me feel. Um... Afterwards, it's also a well of like both films are fantastic, um, expertly directed, um, and fucking well made films. So much effort being put into both of them. Uh, Greta Gerwig's direction is, is incredible for a Lady Bird. Saoirse Ronan, it's, it's a fantastic performance from her. Timothy Chalamet's in that too. Lucas Hedges, I think, was a very underrated performance that no one was talking about after watching Lady Bird. I think Lucas Hedges was the second best performance in Lady Bird. Um, his, his scene, especially when he um, when he comes out to... I'll spoil it for Lady Bird. If you, you, can, you can skip it if you want. Um, when he uh, comes out as being um, a homosexual, 
and he tells Ladybird or Christine, and they have that fantastic scene where he breaks down and she hugs him. It's it's a very fucking heartwarming scene. But it just reminded me, Ladybird just reminded me. Um, I think I mentioned this in a, in a review in the podcast that it just reminded me of like being back in Newcastle, missing home, um, and even my relationship with my family and how and the ups and downs of that can be. And it showed that really well. Even being that she is from Sacramento, um, I really got, I related to the themes of the film. And especially being a teenager back then, um, I was only a teenager a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Good Time is an incredible film, but um, Lady Bird is going to be my number one for me. Moving down to the, the second region now, um, Ex Machina and Slow West, and that's an easy win for Ex Machina. I think it's one of the best sci-fi films of our recent years. Um, Alex Garland, fan, oh, just blew me away with that film. So did Alicia Vikander's performance. Alicia Vikander has even said that Ex Machina is her favorite film of hers and um, her best performance in her opinion. I think it's great. I also think Oscar Isaac's performance is incredible as well as, not to mention, uh, Donald Gleeson was uh, really great in that. And just such a really great intellectual sci-fi, um, can I say thriller? It's a slow burn, but it's it's well worth it, and it's expert filmmaking from Alex Garland. Very subtle. And his new one, Annihilation, I think is better. Um, even though it's based on a novel by uh, Jeff Vandermeer, I just think X Mark, you know, is great, but I think... Yeah, Annihilation, I'm going to be analysing that this week. I just think it's... I like Annihilation just a bit better than Ex Machina. Uh, our second battle is A Most Violent Year and A Killing of a Sacred Deer. I'm going to go with Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, Barry Keoghan performance. Barry Keegan, Keoghan, have you say his name? Uh, dude, Villain of the Year. I mentioned that in my top 10. Killing of a Sacred Deer was in my top 10 from 2017. And... Um, his performance in that movie was fucking incredible. Uh, he was such a relentless, just... But it was so unconventional in the way he presented himself as being the villain. You, co- you couldn't even... He's not He's not like your, you know, your, um, your, um, your cliche villain. You're just... He's probably not even... Pres- um, you can't even probably kind of even like call him a villain. Some people don't even call him a villain, but he's definitely the antagonist of the film. And he fucking scared me. <laughs> he scared me, and he's villain. He was villain of the year in 2017. Better than all the Marvel villains and everything. This dude was fucking scary. He was beating a family, that they're they're family, and yeah, they they're together. But he was ripping them apart just because of what happened with uh, Colin Farrell's character, the father. And his performance had to be... I mean... I reckon he should have been nominated for supporting, honestly. I think he should have. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it's not better than The Lobster, in my opinion. I think The Lobster's a bit better than Killing the Sacred Deer, but it's one of Yorgos's most unique films. It's a horror film of his. I think it's his first horror. Dogtooth still be my favourite, uh, but I think The Lobster's just a bit better. Speaking of The Lobster... The Lobster's going up against the, um, the Green Room for the second last battle in, in Region 2. 
Um, the Lobster, a great film from Yorgos Lanthimos. And Green Room is such a great, um, just authentic thriller from Jeremy Sonia, um, who made Blue Ruin. Is he going to make a third film to do with a colour? We don't know. We must wait and see. I thought Patrick Stewart played against type when he played a villain. I thought that was very interesting to see, and his performance as Darcy was just chilling. It was chilling, authentic, and you never really knew what he was going to do. He was, he was very much in charge that whole time, even though it didn't look like at times, but the way the the film plays out, he does he has his downfall in the end, and then you have the triumph of Anthony Elchin's character and uh, Imogen Poots. And they eventually... Eventually, I reckon he's, it's, it's his bravery and I guess his confidence and ego that eventually brings him down in the end, and that's what kills him. Um, I should have mentioned that I'll probably be spoiling all these movies, because I, I, I have to say why I like them and why they're great, because this is what I did with the brackets. Um... But as much as I loved Green Room, I've got it on Blu-ray. I'm going to go with The Lobster. It's so it's one of the most unique films I've ever seen. I remember watching it. I've seen it four times now. And then I remember watching it the first time. And um, I was... I was just enamored by what I was watching. Like, I watched The Lobster, and that, that's what made me go back and watch Yorgos's earlier films, like Dogtooth. And then I watched Dogtooth, and I'm like, that's even better than Lobster, and Lobster's the next one. Incredible. Um, yeah. And Colin Farrell's performance was really great. Rachel Weisz as well, she was fantastic. And the blunt dialogue and the dark comedy that is present in The Lobster... It's more, I guess it's more, there's something of Killing the Sacred Deer, but it's definitely more intact in The Lobster, and it's it's the funnier, in my opinion, and it comes off more as a stronger film than The Killing the Sacred Deer. Not to say that Killing the Sacred Deer doesn't have an impact, because holy shit, it did on me. But The Lobster, I just, I, I can watch The Lobster again and again, because it's um, very, um, it's really well made. Great metaphor, too, for relationships and love. Um, in our final battle from Region 2, we have Room and American Honey. Um, now, I'm going to go with Room over American Honey. Uh, I think it's Brie Larson's second best performance. Yes, her best, her second best. I said it. Her best performance, in my opinion, is Short Turn 12, when she plays Grace, with um, Caitlin Deaver and... Uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking... Ah, oh, fuck, what's his name? John Gallagher from, um... Uh, Cloverfield. 10 Cloverfield Lane. You've also got Rami Malek in that film, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, uh, Keith Stanfield in one of his earlier roles. Um, uh, but... Short Turn 12 is not on here, so we can't choose that one. <laughs> we can't choose that one. Um, right. American Honey, I just think, is too long. Um, it's a good film, and Sasha Lane's performance is really good for a debut. Shia LaBeouf's character as well is a bit 
He's weird. He's good. He's weird, but he's good. I just think it's a bit too long, in my opinion. It goes for like 2 hours and 24 minutes. I just think it's a bit too long. 20 minutes could be shaved off it. Um, okay, so now we have our Region 2 sorted out. We're going to go for the, the second round. Ex Machina and Killing of a Sacred Deer. I'm going to go with Ex Machina. And I'm not going to give any more explanations. I'm just going to give them the winners. And the lobster and room, I'm going to go with the lobster. Doing a cup and paste here. Okay. And X marking on the lobster, I'm going, the lobster is going to take region two. I can probably watch, in terms of rewatch value, I will go the lobster over X marking any day of the week. Okay, moving on to Region 3. Moonlight and Krisha, or Krisha, however you want to say that. Now, Krisha was uh, Trey Edward Schultz's directorial debut about his mother. Uh, well, I don't think it's about his mother, but it has a mother involved. And Moonlight, of course, um, lost the Oscars to uh, La La Land. No, no, wait, no, that was, that was wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um... It won the Oscar for last year. That was a little joke of mine. I'm sorry if you don't get the energy of the joke. Um, I'm just very tired. So, Moonlight's going to take that um, over Krisha. Fantastic cinematography. Great performance by um, Naomi Harris. And a great... A better told story about growing up and coming of age than boyhood, I think. Um, I thought it was just more interesting. And uh, I don't know, I think it was just more tighter than boyhood. Um, but the scene on the beach in Moonlight is a fantastic scene. It's a scene that tells you so much without showing anything. Well, we're showing, you're showing a bit, but it's more of a show-don't-tell kind of... Um, technique that filmmakers can use and um, yeah <laughs> oh jeez I'm not saying we're delirious by the minute and uh, what I was meant to say was it just I like that it shows it tells you so much without showing you um, for example it's a fellatio scene so without him you showing him um, going down on him or anything. It shows his hand in the sand, gripping the sand. It's just, it's a poetic scene. Then our second battle for Region 3, we've got Spectacular Now and Under the Skin. Spectacular Now being one of my favourite movies of all time. Um, I just, f this is a weird movie that I don't have any reasons why it's my favourite movie. That Like, I have a lot, but it's just hard to tell. But I've seen it so many fucking times and I love it so much. So it's definitely going to win over Under the Skin, but don't don't even let me undermine Under the Skin because Under the Skin is one of the best art house films I've ever seen. Um, I think it's one of Scarlett Johansson's best performances, maybe even her best, and it's a great look at how um, uh, I guess. Bean, I, uh, it, I don't want to really analyze it. I, I could do a whole podcast or video analyzing under the skin, but 
but um, I just thought the scenes were... I didn't just watch this movie... Like, I heard all the news about Scully Hansen being nude and everything, and that actually got me to... Well, okay, to, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I heard all that stuff, and I was like, well, I've, okay, I need to see this then. And I watched it, and it, I didn't even... I didn't even pay attention to any of that stuff. I just... I was watching these scenes, and... Um, watching pretty much her character as the alien. Excuse me, Fred, good. <coughs> her character as the alien. And, um, and how it plays out, the biker, um, the baby scene on the beach. Very, very subtle and art house storytelling. Done in such a magnificent way. Um, I'm yet to collect the under the skin on the Blu-ray, but I really want to do that. Really want to do that. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I look. I need to. Anal I would need to analyze it to really let you know that what I think it's about. But I just think it's a great film. And if you haven't seen Under the Skin, and if you like Scarlett Johansson, I really recommend you watch Under the Skin. In our uh, third battle, we have the Bling Ring versus Enemy, and I'm definitely choosing Enemy over that because that's also one of my favorite films ever of all time. Enemy, of course, being from uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, now, I've been saying his name weird for. I've been saying his name by Denis Villeneuve because it sounds like Villeneuve, Villeneuve, Villeneuve. It sounds like that, but apparently you say it Denis Villeneuve. Is how you say his name. So even he said it himself. I didn't see this on the net. He actually said it himself. Denis Villeneuve. So from now on, I'm going to call the man by the pronunciation that he actually, it like his name actually is how his name is pronunciated. Uh, Enemy. I can get into so many reasons why Enemy is such a great film. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, the metaphors, the spot, the spiders being one of the metaphors. The metaphor's about um, unfaithfulness, um, commitment to a um, relationship, and uh, Melanie Laurent as well, and also um, his girlfriend. I don't forget it. I can't access the Google Chrome at the moment, but um, his girlfriend, who played his girlfriend, also um, sorry, his wife, who played the who played the one of the guys' wife. Um, and I just think it's a really great... There's so many... It's so meticulously crafted. I think it's Villeneuve's best film that he's made. Um, in my opinion, there's many differing opinions, but I think Enemy is, is his best. Blade Runner 2049 knocked him the fuck out, but... And I really, really fucking love Prisoners and Arrival, but I think I just love Enemy the best. Um, and this is an easy one. Disaster Riders over the end of the tour. Disaster Riders wasn't just a comedy to me. It was just a very um, uplifting and insp inspiring movie. It became inspiring <laughs> to, uh, you know, do what you love and, you know, get it done. Um, okay. Yeah, go out there and do it and doing it instead of just standing there going, well, we have to do this. Why don't you just go out there and do it? Tommy Wiseau did it. The, the guy put a billboard up with his phone number on it. <laughs> so that doesn't tell you much about, you know, self-belief and chasing your dreams. I don't know what the fuck does. 
Okay. Our first battle is Moonlight Spectacular now. I'm choosing Spectacular now over Moonlight. Um, now, the way you do these could be different to the way I do them. But this, I'm just doing them the way I do them. Um, and I'm choosing Enemy over the Disaster Artist. Damn. But, uh, you know, it's that's the fun of these brackets. You can people do them however they want. And, um... It's really cool to see everybody's bracket, everybody's finished bracket, and to see what they've what they've done, and which one came out on top. Okay, our final bracket uh, um, battle is Enemy and Spectacular now, and I'm just going to choose Enemy because I just think it's the better film. I think it's better made, better crafted, and one of my favorites. These two are two of my favorite films of all time, but I'm choosing Enemy over Spectacular now. Okay, um, the v Witch or the Witch over Mississippi Grind. Now I'm going to choose the Witch, Mississippi Grind. I mean, Mississippi Grind was okay. I think it was. It was. It's one of A24's weakest films. I think. Um, the Witch being such a subtle England folktale horror, and I'm not even a fan of horror, but I watched this movie and I just the the the, the, the score, for example, the the beautiful still calmness of the, the, the it's creepy calmness that it has but it's so hauntingly beautiful and the, the um, cinematography of the farmland and everything was just um, just awesome and it's it was the first time I really was just like oh horror films don't have to be because um, I, I started analyzing film when I started at film school because oh, I was doing it a little bit but I haven't really jumped really into it until I started going to film school so I watched The Witch not when it came out I only watched The Witch last year and um, I was just like oh so horror films don't have to be those jump scares and everything you can do horror in many different ways and The Witch does it spectacularly um, Florida Project and Lock fuck I love the I love the Florida Project I love Tangerine um, I thought as uh, much as I like Tangerine, I thought Florida Project was better than Tangerine. Um, but you can't overlook Tangerine's achievements, especially being shot on an iPhone 5. But Tangerine's not here, isn't it? Florida Project is. Um, great performance by Willem Dafoe. I thought um, Brooklyn Prince, I think her name was, who played the little girl in Florida Project. That was really good. Um, some really cool camera angles in there, especially representing the children. The, the, the filmmaking in Florida Project is really just um, it's it's really it's really good uh, that, that sounds so generic it's very it's, it, again it's well crafted like all these other films here it's well crafted and that's that's why A24 is such a favourite production company of mine because they just they don't just choose these big ones they, they go over to films that are um Really well crafted, um, great filmmakers, and great, especially great stories to be told. Screenplays is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> so we've got the Florida Project and Lock. I really, really like Lock though, but Lock you can only watch. Now, I was going to go Lock, but Lock you can really only watch once, and then it's kind of gimmick wears off because you find out. Um, 
you find out uh, that you know all the you know what is actually going on. Um, uh, but but near the end of it. And then it's not really worth watching again because you know what's going on. You're just watching a dude in a car. So I think it's on replay value. It loses its, it loses the point there to Flora Project. Uh, oh, by the way, we're in the bottom region <laughs> after enemy won that top region. This is the last region. Uh, so this is the second last battle while we're on free fire. Now, as much as I really liked Ben Stiller's performance in While We're Young, and then it improved again in Brad's status, I'm gonna go Free Fire because I just I like the screenplay a bit better and the dialogue and the, and uh, its gimmick is the the um, bottle kind of bottle film with all the gunshots and everything. It's it's craziness though, and the characters and how they interact with each other is what keeps me in there. And I've seen this film a few times actually. It didn't get crazy reviews, but um. I think it's a really funny, really hilarious screenplay written by Ben Wheatley, and um, performances are great too. Um, Jack Raynor was a standout to me. Brie Larson wasn't anything special, um, but yeah, Jack Raynor, Killian Murphy, um, and Shelter Copley were the real winners in that one. Even though uh, Justine Brie Larson comes out comes out alive in the end. Okay, final battle. We have Spring Breakers and Ghost Story, and that's a fucking no-brainer. Spring Breakers is a... It's a weird movie, but uh, I've got a I've got a soft spot for Spring Breakers. Um, for <laughs> James Franco's portrayal as Alien, the drug dealer. Um, and it's And it's neon cinematography... Um, the sex, the threesome between um, Ashley Benson, Vanessa Hudgens, and James Franco, um, and then you've got I mean, was, what was it? Uh, who directed that? Harmony Crin, I think, directed it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've seen it a few times. It's not as good as a ghost story. The ghost story, you guys know that the ghost, a ghost story, absolutely flattened me so emotionally, and you probably know it's going to win this bottom bracket. But we're going to see who wins. Um, now I'm going to go... In our first battle, I'm going to go... The Lubich. Over off the Flora Project. And I'm going to go... Go Story of Free Fire. And then in our final battle... Of course, a ghost story over Vivovich. I'm oh, sorry, but you can't just... It's even typed Vivovich here. So you can't just call it the witch. It's it's always Vivovich. <laughs> okay. We've got our final four here. Um, oh, we're reaching 40 minutes. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up really quickly. We've got our final four here. Uh, the first battle of Ladybird and the Lobster, I'm going to go with the Lobster over Ladybird. So these are quick decisions being made here. The Lobster over Ladybird. And Enemy and a Ghost Story. This is a really tough one. Uh, Enemy being a really well-crafted movie. Ghost Story also being really well-crafted. Uh, taking advantage of the cinematography and it's really long takes and so much things happening in the long takes. 
Um, so, but in terms of impact and emotion, um, I'm going to go a ghost story over um, enemy. So our final battle is the lobster and a ghost story. And uh, you guys probably know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just it's just an easy win there. Um, a ghost story wins the bracket. That was a fun bracket. Um, I think that's that's all of A24's films. I think they've got a few more, but I don't think they're out yet. But uh, yeah, that was a fun bracket to do. Um, the two the two last competitors were really big ones for me. But a ghost story again. Uh, the impact and the emotion I felt, the way I felt after seeing that movie in the theater is just indescribable and I just I don't think any of them no movie has come close to doing that this year at all um, maybe I mean Lady Bird did it in a different way but Ghost Story just it, it, it kind of attacked every single side of who I am and just held me down and just said watch this fucking movie <laughs> and just the filmmaking is something is something you really don't see these, these days really long takes very long takes I'm not kidding very long takes and unconventional storytelling makes for a very subtle look at humanity in a um, a film about a, about a ghost so there we go so a ghost story wins the bracket. Um, that's it, guys. I'll wrap it up here for this little halfer. Um, I'll upload a picture of this to my Instagram and show everyone that I did the bracket, and you can listen to this podcast on Cast FM. Um, hopefully by then, also last year's podcast will be out about Tomb Raider, and say uh, look forward to this weekend when I'm um, analyzing Annihilation, Alice Garland's new sci-fi. Um, the director of and writer of Ex Machina. It's going to be a fun one. I'm going to be watching it again. Uh, and I'm going to be really taking a lot of notes and trying to... I have, like, my own kind of way the movie, like, is and what I think it's about. But I want to be 100% sure, so I'm going to watch it again and make a lot of notes. And I'll be letting you guys know about my thoughts uh, when I record it this weekend. And hopefully that'll be going out early next week. And um, I don't, there might be another one after that, I don't know, but I'll let you know when I um, an analyze that film. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, this bracket was pretty fun to do, even though it only took like half an hour. But um, yeah, I don't know, it gives a lot of recommendations as well to what I know I gave a few recommendations there to watch. Um, so it's, most of these films are really good. Um, even the ones that lost, Morris from America was one of Craig, Craig Robinson's best performances. Um, Green Room, again, is you need to watch Green Room um, if you want to really watch authentic violence portrayed on screen um, and practical effects. Um, Under the Skin, one of the best art house movies I've seen in recent years. The Bling Ring also is a really fun one made by Sofia Coppola. Although not her best, I still think the version of Suicides is her best one. Um, 
Locke, I think if you haven't seen Locke, if you haven't even seen Locke once, I think you do need to watch Locke just because of how unique of a film it is. But once it's over, you probably can't watch it again because it really that does lose its replay value. And um, yeah, just give Spring Breakers a go. It's a really, it's a weird movie, but it's worth it. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you on the weekend.